Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Christopher Favell is a reporter for the New York Times focusing on how people, governments, and industries try to cope with the effects of global warming. Published on June 8, page one above the fold with accompanying photographs, something that was really impactful to me. The most, how would I describe this? The most tangible, non-abstract, you know, living embodiment of climate change that I can recall trying to wrap my head around. In a red state, nonetheless, and impacting the environment of many, many people. Three data points, if I might. Less than a thousand square miles are now covered by the Great Salt Lake today, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. In the 1980s, not long ago, the lake covered about 3,300 square miles. 3,300 now to less than a thousand. Another data point, 16%, that's the salt content of the lake last summer. The salt content used to fluctuate between 9 and 12%. If the salt content reaches 17%, one more, the algae in the lake will struggle to survive, threatening the entire ecosystem. Data point number three, greater than 50%. The population of Salt Lake City is expected to grow by more than 50% over the next 50 years. Hence, the headline on this piece, Environmental Nuclear Bomb as the Great Salt Lake Dries Up. This is Christopher Flavel. Hey, Christopher, thank you so much for being here. This was quite an undertaking on your part. I'm sure a lot of time and effort went into it. Yeah, it, it, it did, but I thought it was an important story. Well, help me in this regard, not to take anything away from your, your literary prose, but the pictures are so impactful, and you and I don't have the benefit of those now in describing this to a radio audience. So how shall we approach it? What is it that is going on relative to the Great Salt Lake? Yeah, there, there's two things going on, but let me just try to say to people who haven't seen this article and haven't seen these photos, I had never been to the Great Salt Lake before I went in March to report this story. You don't have to know the area to appreciate once you get there, something is very wrong, right? You drive out on the causeway to get this lake and right away, something feels off. You just see these vast expanses of sort of sandy, muddy earth that isn't really a beach, certainly doesn't have any vegetation, and you can tell it's not how it's supposed to look. Uh, and so I would encourage anyone, go check out the photos, because if anyone doubts what's happening here, the photos really make it clear. But in terms of the what, here's the what. It's two things that are happening. Number one is population growth. The population around, in and around Salt Lake City is growing dramatically, and that means that more of the water that would otherwise 
run from the mountains into the Great Salt Lake is being diverted from rivers and creeks to water lawns and power businesses and provide drinking water and agriculture. So that's thing number one. That's not a climate thing. That's population growth. Thing number two is climate change. And that's a drought that is historic and is getting worse. And it means over time, even if this drought ends, and probably it will at some point, over time, the trajectory is clear. There is less and less snowmelt getting into the lake. So you've got less uh, moisture coming in, and you've got more of it being taken out by population growth. And the pressure of those two things together means the Great Salt Lake is shrinking at a really alarming rate. Two graphs from your story. The other shift, as you just explained, is climate change. According to Robert Gillies, a professor at Utah State University and Utah's state climatologist, here's the explanation. Higher temperatures cause more snowpack to transform to water vapor, which then escapes into the atmosphere rather than turning to liquid and running into rivers. More heat also means greater demand for water for lawns or crops, further reducing the amount that reaches the lake. And a shrinking lake means less snow. As storms pass mm-hmm. over the Great Salt Lake, they absorb some of its moisture, which then falls as snow in the mountains. A vanishing lake endangers that pattern. Is there any alternative explanation? I mean, look, the thing people will tell you is the lake, the size of the lake always fluctuates a little bit. And that's certainly true. But it's it's really a sleight of hand. Right. What's the issue here is not that the lake fluctuates more or less is that the long term trajectory because of the climate factors you just described. And also because more people are pulling out more of that water before it reaches the lake means that even if we had a wet year, God willing, you would still have this really serious trend. Uh, And I just from my reporting, I can't see. I didn't hear any, you know, quote unquote, magic bullets, right? No one said we can fix it this way or that way. It really feels like the answer is painfully clear. The only thing that will stop the lake from shrinking uh, is if less water gets diverted for people, businesses, and crops. And it felt like maybe state leaders are gradually inching in that direction, but it's a, it's a tough pill, right? That means a smaller economy. That means less people, less residents, uh, and it means a constrained lifestyle. So the big question hanging over the Great Salt Lake is how willing are people in Utah to change their lifestyle in a way they probably don't want to uh, if that's what it takes to save the lake? And I really couldn't tell what the answer is. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. The circle of life is threatened by this. There's a photograph that shows the carcasses of brine shrimp. And Mm. then the description points out that higher salinity levels in the lake threaten the algae that the shrimp then consume. Mm -hmm. Hey, what is Mm -hmm. the great Saltaire, this concert location? Because that was the page one photograph. Mm -hmm. And like just to look at that image is to say, as Christopher Flavel said, something's wrong. Yes. Yeah. So I was driving past this graceful, this, this sort of historic, iconic uh, uh, concert venue and performance venue on sort of the, the south end of the lake. But it isn't really on the south end of the lake because, as you can see from that photo, it used to be on the water. And I parked my car and just sort of wandered out past this building. You've got to walk a long time at this point to, to get, get to, water. to the water's edge. Yeah. You say Utah's dilemma raises a core question as the country heats up. How quickly are Americans willing to adapt to the effects of climate change, even as those effects become urgent, obvious, and potentially catastrophic? I can remember 10 years ago leading conversations about climate change on radio and believing that yeah, this is all far down the road. It's important. Mm-hmm. We should really have the conversation. But, you know, we've mm-hmm. got a few decades before our yeah. kids are going to really have to deal with it. But that's over. That thought process ends yeah. now right? Yeah, yeah. And if I can just make a point, flicking off what you just said, you're absolutely right. And this is my whole job is going to different parts of the country and finding places where climate change is already hitting. But I think the turning point that people should be thinking of now is not the question of when will I start to see the effects of climate change with my own eyes in my own life? I think we're already there in big parts of the country. I think the question we should ask now is, when should I worry that those effects of climate change will become dangerous or, or impact my life in a way that's, that's harmful or threatening or a way that I don't like? So I think we're, we're past the question of, is it visible and noticeable? And we're at, we're at the question of, at the point of how urgent is it? And I, the one thing that really stands out for my reporting is we don't really know how much time we have. And it depends where you're on the country. But in general, we don't know how much time we have before these effects, drought, wildfires, flooding, et cetera, start to have really negative consequences for our lives and our families' lives and our communities. And it could be faster than we think. And that's just a, a level of urgency that, that really strikes me on every story. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. When you say danger, do you mean, you probably mean all of the above, whatever I can rattle off. I was going to say, do you mean danger because of, of heat? Do you mean food scarcity? Do you mean political unrest that flows from food scarcity? I mean, what's at the top of the list of things that we ought to be worried about? You know, I, I think heat is the most obvious and most immediate and the one that causes the greatest threat to people's health in the U.S., but also certainly the acute issues of storms and flooding and wildfires. I mean, there's so many people in this country whose whose physical homes are at significant threat from one or more of those hazards. Uh, but heat, everyone is subject to some degree of heat. Uh, and then you're right, the follow on effects from politics and economics and will it threaten your job and will it threaten your food supply. I mean, we really don't yet have our hands around the total scale of how much climate change will affect our lives. But I think the one thing that, again, seems clear to me is we probably have less time than we think. Is this Christopher Flavel is covering how people, governments and industries try to cope with the effects of global warming? By the way, good for the times that they would commit resources to this and make this someone's beat or some group of people's beat. But you said at the outset that you get to travel and see the real life embodiment of of what you know Al Gore shared in a movie many, many years ago. What else do you think encapsulates this conversation like the Great Salt Lake drying up. What else would you cite and say, hey, Michael, I've been here and holy crap, you ought to see this and what it's like. You know, I think there's all kinds of communities around the Gulf right now that are still trying to rebuild after hurricanes of the last few years. And their big issue is, can they rebuild fast enough before the next hurricane strikes? 
And I think as those hurricanes come in faster and fiercer, it gets harder to get people into homes again before the next storm. But Christopher, I don't I don't know that I don't know that those people ascribe to climate change the extreme weather. I mean, look at Yellowstone this week. I put I'm a layperson. I don't have your expertise. I put that in a category of extreme weather that is facilitated or made worse by climate change. But when I see this image of what had been a waterfront property in the Great Salt Lake, where the water is now barely visible like this brings it home for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think another example is people who live on the coast and the water is higher than it used to be and it's not going down again. But the one thing on an optimistic note that I find, having covered this for a while now, is it used to be you'd go to these areas and people would want to get into a debate over whether it's climate change or not. Right. That seems to have passed. People are just saying, you know what, I don't care what we call it. I know it's real because I'm living it and I want to talk about what to do about it. You think it's you think it's losing some of its political sting like, oh, I you know, I can't acknowledge climate change because I'm a Republican or conversely, I'm a Democrat. Therefore, I believe in it. I think the political sting is going to remain when it comes to talking about what to do about reducing greenhouse gas emissions. But when it comes to how to protect people, I think it's less about politics and ideology and more about how can we do this in a way that makes sense and we can afford and isn't going to you know, render huge swaths of the country um, too expensive to live in. I, I don't think that's a political discussion anymore. It's just a discussion of what can we do. Nicely done. Thank you so much for your willingness to come and talk about it. I appreciate it very, very much. I put in all my social media the piece. I, I hope people will read it and look at the pictures. Great to be with you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Christopher. Appreciate it. Uh, Christopher Flavel, reporter for The New York Times. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.